you own sunglasses, you know that scratches happen. But with Revent Optics, you can replace your lenses and save your sunglasses. Revent Optics offers high-quality polarized, non-polarized, and prescription replacement lenses for any brand. Starting at just $24 a pair, they're crystal clear, guaranteed to fit, and backed by a one-year warranty. So go to reventoptics.com MLB, that's capital R-E-V-A-N-T, capital O-P-T-I-C-S, dot com slash MLB today, and get 20% off your first pair of lenses with offer code MLB. And we're pleased to announce the newly relaunched TheRinger.com this week. We're really excited for everyone to see the new site. Check out our latest articles, videos, and podcasts at TheRinger.com. And special thanks to Miller Lite, who've been with us since the beginning and have been fantastic partners to us. We're thrilled to have them as the relaunch sponsor for the site. Miller Lite, the official beer of The Ringer. Hello and welcome to The Ringer MLB Show, part of The Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Ben Lindbergh. I'm a writer for TheRinger.com. And on the other line, it's another writer for TheRinger.com. Ringer writers are everywhere these days. Michael Bauman. Hello, sir. Hey, my eyes are kind of screwed up because I've been squinting at that picture of the angels all dressed like basketball players, trying <laughs> yeah. to figure out you know, who's who. Mike Trout dresses Ben Simmons, tweeting, trust the process. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, he was among the better dressed and and better looking people in that picture. I will say there were a few who didn't didn't really rep- represent themselves well. Yeah, uh, Keenan Middleton in the Toon Squad jersey was pretty good. I think that's Keenan yeah. Middleton. I mean, it's the Angels. The, you, if they're not wearing their names on their backs, then <laughs> right. Yeah, not sure about dicey. the the Pujols look in that picture. Uh, Pools is, is wearing Iverson. That's. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, I will say that his poo holes. I think I said this in Slack, but his poo holes gets into his thirties. I, I feel a lot better about my own body. <laughs> right. Yes. So we have a trade to briefly discuss just before we started recording. Jay Bruce was traded from the Mets to the Indians. I know you have thoughts. Yeah. You know, this makes sense for Cleveland because Michael Brantley just got hurt, and former Gamecock Lonnie Chisenhall is on the DL, <laughs> and there's all of their both of their starting corner outfielders essentially, and Bruce. Like I, I crapped on the the Bruce to the Mets trade last year, and it still didn't fit a need. But he's been a lot better than I thought he was, mm-hmm. or than I thought he would be, and he's having his best year in like three or four years, I think since 2013 this year. So he'll fit a need there. I do think it's hilarious that they the Mets apparently turned down a better offer from the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, the guy they got back, Ryder Ryan, is a guy so obscure, I had to look up where he went to college. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that gives you a, a sense yes. of, of the trade return they got. But like the real return they, they got is, is Cleveland 8th all of Bruce's salary, which is about $5 million, which Mm -hmm. the way you rebuild and the Mets are, you know, they're not like in the hard tank right now, but they're selling off assets and, you know, trying to build for the future. The way you do that is you eat salary in order to get better prospects back. And, you know, it's just, you know, once again, the Mets are not operating like a, a big market team. And I can't imagine how frustrating that must be. But, you know, I like this deal for Cleveland. And if, if the Mets deal or the Mets goal was to clear that $5 million, give or take, then well done, I guess. Yeah. Well, someone gave me a 
Debt's shirt a couple of days ago. Oh, that's really a, good. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it's it's in the Mets font. It's orange and, and blue and, and all of that. And I was thinking maybe it would have been more applicable a couple of years ago when they were really operating like a post Ponzi scheme team. But but you're right. There's still some some vestiges of that. So I can wear it around the house at least. It's yeah, a good pun. I know yeah, you're a fan fit, of any you pun. See if it see if it fits Sean Fantasy and, and you can mail it to him. <laughs> right. So there's a quick gif we wanted to discuss. Is that oh, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Astros, a lot of stuff went wrong on a pop-up. They had a pop-up drop in the middle of the infield. The Astros, by the way, who were getting slaughtered over the course of the past couple of days by the White Sox. They had their pitcher and all four infielders sort of assemble around and the, the ball dropped and Alex Bregman eventually comes up with it and catches Angle having gone too far around second base and he flips it to Jose Altuve who tags Angle out and... I just want to say that this is like the perfect bookend to the Astros gif. And I said Astros mm-hmm. gif before the show to you and you knew exactly which one I meant. Of course. Uh, the one where they commit like four errors on one play. <laughs> uh, you know, this is the culmination of their rebuild where yeah, everything, everything goes wrong in the infield, wrong, but... <laughs> but it works out. Yes, that's right. Yeah, just as the old Astros gif was emblematic of a team that was completely tanking, <laughs> this is emblematic of a team that has come out on the other side much improved. Jose Altuve features prominently in both, by the way. Yes, that's that is right. He is the, the constant. for a while. Yeah. So we have a couple guests today. In the second segment of the show, we are going to talk to Jake and Jordan from Cespedes Family Barbecue and now of MLB.com's Cut Foresight. We're going to talk to them about Players Weekend and the nicknames and jerseys that were announced on Wednesday. We'll talk about some of the best and worst. But before that, we are going to talk to Mark Simon from ESPN. And I will tell you what we're going to talk to him about. Since the All-Star break, Mike Trout has been neck and neck with the best players in baseball. No great surprise there. But what is somewhat surprising is what has happened to Aaron Judge, who seemed to be completely invulnerable to every method of attack pitchers tried on him in the first half. That has not been the case in the second half. He has been essentially a replacement level player. He's coming off another hitless day, an 0 for 5 plate appearances day on Wednesday, although he did draw a walk. But he just hasn't hit since the All-Star break. He is uh, now down to a mere 171 WRC plus on the season still excellent of course but he just hasn't been hitting the same way and Mark Simon of ESPN's stats and information group looked into what teams are doing differently against Judge and why he hasn't had the success that he had in early in the season and so we are talking to him now to get those results hello Mark Hi, how are you? It's uh, good. Long time no speak. Yes, good to talk to you. And thank you for digging into the data on Judge. And I know that Jeff Sullivan tried to find some Judge weakness in an article for ESPN earlier this year. And he showed that teams had tried pitching him inside and outside and, and up and down and nothing had worked to that point. But now it has. And there is a demonstrable difference in how teams are approaching him. So can you summarize what you found at least? least as far as pitch height. I guess we can start with pitch height. Yeah, pitch height is a good place to start. Basically, what happened to Judge is that if you watched him in the first half, he got a lot of balls right over the heart of the plate. He got a lot of balls that were very much cookies. Pitchers did not pitch him up that much. He showed occasional weaknesses there with fastballs up. I think during the break, there was some talk with teams and their advanced scouts and work was done. In the first half of the season, 30% of the fastballs the Judge saw 
We're in the upper half of the strike zone. Mm -hmm. Now, second half, 52%. So teams are attacking up, and they're doing that early in the at-bat. Is this judges' strike zone? So high in? This is judges' strike zone. Okay, so that's that's especially high. Okay. So they're going high in in the zone and above the zone. And for him, that's really high. And then they're going low and away with the slider. And that is having a great effect. We just cut tape for a segment for Sunday's Baseball Tonight uh, with Mark Teixeira. And what he said was, that's a nightmare for a guy that's that tall if it can be executed effectively. And we found tape of Chris Sale. We found tape of Carlos Carrasco, lefties and righties, both of whom went after Judge that way. And right now, it's working. And there's an added component, and I know you're going to ask about this. There is an added component to this. Early in the season, Judge was getting the low strike called against him more than most hitters. Mm-hmm. even dipping below the knees, because I think what was happening was umpires were guessing and they were thinking, okay, if it's down there, I yeah. can't necessarily fully see it, but it's probably a strike. Right. Now, after the break, he's seeing pitches up high that are getting called strikes. And I think what's happening now is it's in his head. He doesn't know, you know, if he takes something, he doesn't know what it's going to be called because in the first half, it was one way. First 20 games or so of the second half, it's something completely different. So he's, he's swinging more at bad fastballs. Uh, he's chasing those. And the end result of that is like a total psych out of a major league hitter. And that, that sort of shows up in another stat that you, you dug up. It's that his chase percentage is, has almost doubled uh, from the first half to the second half. And that's something that in the first half, he was still swinging and missing a lot, but he had a really good view of the strike zone. So I, I guess like this uncertainty has sort of thrown all that into chaos. I think that's definitely true. And I do want to Give you give one uh, thing here. I want to give props to my colleagues because this was a true team effort to put this together. And it's been a very popular piece. We're very happy that you guys wanted to talk to me about it. Uh, but just Sarah Langs, John Fisher, Ken Willems, uh, Lee Singer, and a couple of other people too that helped out on this piece. Brian Ives was our uh, our reader on the story who essentially uh, vetted everything and said this this will work for any baseball fan. So a shout out to him as well. And that did things like look at and that studied sequences that looked at things very closely that came up with the heat maps that came up with the charts. It was a really good group effort on our part. I just want to make sure they get the props. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting because it seemed like that was one of the things that made judge impervious early in the season was that not only was he hitting everything really hard, but he just wasn't chasing, as Michael was saying. And so it seemed like there was just no way to get him out because if you threw him a strike, he would hit it 110 miles per hour. And if you didn't throw him a strike, he wouldn't swing at it. And so it seemed as if that approach could keep working, that that was just sustainable. And this isn't a huge sample and players are constantly going through adjustments and counter adjustments and you can dig this deep into almost anyone and find something over some period that isn't working as well. But this is really the the first crack in his armor that we've seen that suggests that he is not just going to be this super powered player forever and that there's nothing teams can do. Yeah, his, this is a, like the ultimate case study in the guy who is super amazing in the first half of the season and who's looking like he's going to have like a 420 BABIP, which is like a Babe Ruthian right. kind of number. Players don't do that. There's a reason players don't do that. The reason is baseball's really hard. Even for Aaron Judge, baseball's really hard. And the numbers have kind of come back to reality for him. His reality is not 182. His, not, his reality is not 
329, which were his numbers the, when we wrote the, the piece. His, his, his true talent is probably something closer to 329. He's just going through his, essentially his rough period where the game got him. He made great adjustments in the offseason. He stopped swinging at stuff. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to refigure it out. And you talked about those adjustments. And this is something I'm curious about is he was really, really bad in a, a brief call up last year. I'm curious if you looked at last year's numbers and if not, if you've got any sort of intuition about whether he's just reverting to the old type or if this is a different reason for his struggles. I think he's reverting. This is uh, if if you go through the numbers last year, his biggest flaw was chasing and he I think, and uh, forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe what happened was he changed a way that he handles his timing that gives him an extra little bit to see the pitch for a little longer and allows him to kind of manage his instincts. And his chase rate came way down because he took to it very well. But now teams have essentially figured out a new weakness of his and they're making it work. And like I said, that our story was a team effort. This, I'm sure, is a team effort for everyone who's faced that they're, you know, it's, it's two and three scouts probably piecing thoughts together to, to come up with a really good game plan because he's that good and you need to put two or three people on him. Mm-hmm. And even when he was going incredibly well, it was hard to believe that he would be a 300 hitter just because he didn't really have the track record of doing that in the minors and he was still striking out a lot and it was okay because he was walking a lot and he was hitting for a ton of power. But when you have a strikeout rate north of 30% as he does, it's just hard to put enough balls in play to make the math work out there where you can hit for that high an average. And as you mentioned, he was doing it because virtually half of the balls he was putting in play were becoming hits and that's not even counting the home runs so when right, he put, because he was yeah. squaring up meatballs and hitting them right. hard yeah mm-hmm. and his exit speeds are are down significantly too right so even when he's making contact it's not as hard contact yeah because he's, he's probably making contact on pitches that he does not necessarily want to be making contact on there mm-hmm. were pitches that he was taking earlier this season, like essentially what he did in the first half as a scientific, just kind of explanation comparison, he was defying gravity, basically. (laughs) And you can only defy gravity for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just, that's something that over the course of the first three months or so of the season, I found myself sort of talking myself into judge sustaining that high BABIP and sustaining that high home run fly ball rate, just because like, it's possible that he's so big and so strong that the usual rules of baseball physics, particularly now with guys throwing harder, with the ball being juiced, that like our expectations for what a player ought to be able to sustain in, in terms of uh, in terms of hitting the ball that hard just might not apply to him. And I'm curious if you ever went through that sort of, you know, that sort of bargaining process, you know, mentally, just the idea that Judge might actually have been that special. Right. Like, well... I remember when we were looking into this sort of thing at the All-Star break from a perspective of how the heck is he doing this? I remember that uh, kind of mentality coming into play. And he was he was defying everything, and his exit velocities were great. And they were largely great because he was crushing meatballs and taking everything else. And something happened that got him out of that. And only he knows what that was. That's in his head somewhere. And like we knew he was hitting balls like he had the highest exit velocity in the majors, right? So his numbers should be really good. And then on top of that, he's doing it in Yankee Stadium where he's 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 crushing balls, admittedly. But Yankee Stadium gives the hitter, I think, a lot of confidence because all you have to do if you've watched at all the last 30 or 40 games for them is just pop it up 
and it goes out of the park. So I think he feels really comfortable there. His home numbers are like they were off the charts. They were in the first half of the season. It was like he was, I don't, I don't want to say it was 500, but it was, it was essentially historic in just about every way it could be historic. And so in the meantime, while Judge has been slumping, Mike Trout has picked up pretty much where he left off before the injury. He is playing, I think, at roughly the same pace that he was before. He collected another couple hits on, on Wednesday. He seemingly does this every day now. So he hasn't missed a beat. He's still been Trout but better as he had before the injury. And I don't know whether you've looked into him at all, but if there was a race between these two players, he is making up ground incredibly quickly. He's you know why he's going to win the MVP? It's great. He's going to win the MVP because Sam Miller said he was. <laughs> it's true. Yes. When when Trout was hurt, Sam wrote an article for ESPN speculating that Trout would still end up with the highest war in the league, although Jose Altuve is uh, giving both of those guys a run for their money, too. I don't know whether Trout will win the award. He might win the war title for those of us who, who care about that sort of thing. But I guess winning the award is is contingent on where the Angels finish and if they finish you know, yeah, out of a playoff say, spot. He went, he... He wins the award if they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think. Yeah, if not, yeah. So I mean, I don't even know if there's anything specific to say about Trout other than he was amazing before and continues to be amazing now, and is so amazing that he can miss six weeks or whatever he missed and still possibly make up that ground on every other player in the league. You know, it's going to be forgotten with that is that in the first two to three weeks that he was gone. Eric Young Jr., yeah. he didn't play at mm-hmm. Trout level. He played at a really good level, though. Far mm-hmm. better. You would have expected to, him to have been a zero right from the start. He was a zero eventually, but he was like a, he was a one-war player in like his first 12 games. He had two, and not only that, he had a good win probability added. He had two huge hits for them early on, and that allowed them I think uh, kind of, again, going back to the mental side, a confidence that allowed them to get through without Trout. And they, I remember looking it up as soon as he came back, the numbers weren't that much off. They were a little off, but they, they hung in in what is, a, what is going to be a fantastic but flawed AL wildcard race. It's going to be awesome. And Eric Young Jr. is kind of like the unsung MVP of their season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Trout was on the DL, the Angels played almost exactly as well without him as they had before he got hurt, which was one of the more improbable things that has happened this season. So you've been at ESPN for 15 years now, and in that time, there has gotten to be much more information than there was when you started, which I guess has made your job easier in some ways, but probably also more difficult in some ways. Because like, if you had been writing the Aaron Judge, what's wrong with Aaron Judge article 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there just wouldn't have been much data at your disposal. And maybe what you ended up with wouldn't have been as revealing, but it also would have been easier because there just wasn't as much to to do. So has your job and and generally the job (laughs) of the stats and information group gotten easier or harder because of the wealth of information at our fingertips? That's funny that you say that. I feel like that's a question you would have asked me if I had come to Sabre seminar and gone in (laughs) on uh, effectively wild. Yes. Um, So for the, for the most part, I think, if, as you said, if we do this 10 years ago, it's a look at baseball reference pages. It's a look at fan graphs pages if they still exist. But we don't have necessarily the visual capabilities mm-hmm. that we have now. And we don't have, I mean, 
I can't really get into it too much, but we have a tool that allows us to look up everything that we've looked up for that article, mm -hmm. which we in no way, shape, or form had 10 years ago. And we can't show you that heat map that's in the story that's on ESPN.com that shows how he was being pitched and how he is being pitched. Uh, so the technological advancements, they make our job easier in one respect. Getting those things into place, it's a little bit harder. And the information, we could have written a second story with everything that we, that we cut. We could have easily done that. And the good thing is, we will be on baseball tonight, on Sunday night, shameless plug, 7 <laughs> o'clock. Uh, they will be doing a segment, Mark Teixeira, breaking down Aaron Judge. And during the game, uh, we've already heard from Jess Mendoza, I'm sure she will be talking, or Aaron Boone, about what's happened to Aaron Judge using both what we currently have and maybe some things that you didn't see. So without giving too much away, is there something that was particularly interesting that you left on the cutting room floor? I gave you guys one thing, and I think that's all I could give you. Okay. I gave you the, the, the strike zone data, mm -hmm. the, pitches, the pitches down and the pitches up. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess that's one. Uh, there are a lot of things that you could look at for this story. I look forward to, uh, I'm sure that others will take a crack at it. As you said, Jeff, Jeff's amazingly awesome. Uh, Jeff took his own crack. The good thing is, with baseball now and the tools that are available, everyone gets to take their crack at it. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's your opinion or suspicion? Do you think that any of these strategies that have been working against Judge proves to have lasting success? Or is he the sort of guy who, like Trout, will just almost immediately adjust to anything teams try against him? Like, we're talking about high pitches here. That was the rap against Trout two years ago. Everyone was throwing him high pitches. He was struggling to hit them. And then over one winter, he became like the best high fastball hitter in baseball. He just he decided to eliminate that weakness and it became a strength because he's Mike Trout. Do you think Judge has that kind of talent? Do you think that the first half of the season will be looked back on as like the peak of Aaron Judge or are you still expecting a, a long, successful, fruitful career? Well, like if you look at 15 in AAA and AA, he was in AAA a 224 hitter, and in AA he was a 284 hitter with good power. And you figure that a guy, he's going to hit his peak uh, 26, 27, right? So he's on the verge of finding that time where he's going to, if he can figure it out, be great. Uh, I think if it's going for him, I think it's going to be a matter of getting over the mental hurdle the first time. And I'll bet that that was true for Trout before, too. That the first time that he ran into a wall where teams figured him out, he didn't know what to do. And his coach or his people helped him along the way. And I think that that's going to happen. Aaron Judge will have a defining moment somewhere. It might come next spring. This might ride out the whole spring. Mm -hmm. But I think he will... I think he's a smart guy. He comes across as very smart and very intelligent. Uh, he went to Cal, uh, Cal Fresno. I think he will figure it out. I don't know that he will be 330, 50 home runs. He could be. But I think the thing to look for will be a defining moment where he kind of flips the switch. And the first time that he does that, he's already done it. He did it last year to this year. Mm -hmm. Once he does it again, he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And one last one, as you create articles like this, I mean, 
often you're answering a specific request from a a writer or an on-air personality in your group. (laughs) Sometimes you are doing self-directed analysis and, and diving into these things. And it's hard. Like sometimes there's a difference between descriptive and retrospective and here's what has been going wrong or he hasn't hit well against this type of pitch, that that kind of granular analysis. And then there's a difference between that and the forward looking and here's what can continue to work and here's what his real weakness is and here's the projection. So how does that break down for your group? What kind of requests are you most often trying to answer? <laughs> This this one came from an editor's request uh-huh. uh, saying, we want to do an article called The Baseball World Has Figured Out Aaron Judge. Uh-huh. Uh, that request could come from almost anywhere. When we do our games on Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday, we consult. We have people that consult with our broadcast crews, and they get on the phone or they email with Mark Teixeira and John Chambi and all of the people that you've seen on our air. For example... Jessica Mendoza loves pitch framing and umpire analysis. Mm-hmm. So every week she's getting something that's kind of customized. It's customized for each crew, something that fits what she likes about catcher framing or umpiring. And we have, we have a very large staff. We have a very, very, very talented baseball staff right now where they're sitting there. People are sitting at their desks right now. Guys are hitting home runs and we're spitting out three and four notes about every guy. The key is to avoid information overload. Sometimes people might say ESPN is guilty of that, but I think uh, we keep it in moderation pretty well. All right. Well, we will wrap up there. You can find Mark on Twitter at MSimonESPN. You can find his book about the Yankees, the Yankees Index, everywhere that books are sold. There's no Aaron Judge in there, I suppose, but that can <laughs> wait for the revised ben edition. Lindbergh. Yes, that is true. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you very much, Mark. Yep. Good talking to you. Okay. So we will take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and we will be right back with Jake and Jordan from Cespedes Family Barbecue. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar made with a few simple clean ingredients which all serve a purpose. Egg whites for protein, dates to bind, nuts for texture. It's like one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. RX Bars can give you power too. And in the interest of full transparency, all of the core ingredients are labeled right on the front of the package, no BS. They're perfect for breakfast on the go, a snack at the office, to throw in your bag for a bike ride or a hike or traveling or anything. Better yet, beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes, RX Bars actually taste delicious. With 11 delicious flavor varieties, all of which are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and free of any added sugar, artificial colors and flavors, preservatives, or fillers, you can actually taste the cacao, the real fruit, and the spices, like sea salt. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX bar for you. When I was in Kansas a couple weeks ago, first thing I did was go to the grocery store and stock up on supplies. I bought a whole box of RX bars, stashed them in my room, take them with me to the ballpark, kept me going for a whole game, and for 25% off your first order, you can visit Visit rxbar.com slash MLB and enter promo code MLB at checkout. That's rxbar.com slash MLB, promo code MLB for 25% off your first order. I also want to remind you about Revit Optics. Do you have a pair of sunglasses with scratch lenses? You either threw them into a junk drawer or you're still wearing them, squinting through the scratches. Thanks to Revit Optics, you no longer have to live with those scratches or keep buying pair after pair of new sunglasses. Instead, you can save your sunglasses and replace your lenses with high-quality polarized, non-polarized, and prescription replacement lenses available for any brand on the market. Starting at just $24 a pair, Revit Optics lenses are a fraction of the price of brand-name sunglasses, and because they test their lenses to ensure razor-sharp clarity, they're much better 
option than cheap gas station shades. Revit lenses are easy to install, guaranteed to fit, and backed by a one-year warranty. So join over 500,000 customers and try them risk-free with their 60-day money-back guarantee. Plus, enjoy free shipping and returns in the U.S. And get 20% off your first order when you use the offer code MLB. So go to revantoptics.com MLB. That's capital R-E-V-A-N-T, capital O-P-T-I-C-S, dot com MLB. Revantoptics.com. Replace your lenses. Save your sunglasses. So earlier this summer, MLB announced that there was going to be something called a Players Weekend, and we didn't know what to make of that. We didn't know what it would consist of. We are starting to get a hint this week, and it's a fun hint. And I am suddenly much more pro Players Weekend than I was before when I was pretty indifferent to Players Weekend. We found out that... That MLB is giving the players 50% of baseball-related revenue like they should, right? <laughs> that That's not the announcement. No. Okay. We found out that the players are getting to choose their own nicknames and put them on jerseys for Players Weekend, which is happening August 25th to 27th. All of those nicknames for the players have been released. You can browse the jerseys. There are hundreds of them, seemingly. And we are talking to a couple of experts now who have put the time in to do the research because this is right in their wheelhouse. It is the boys from Cespedes Family Barbecue, Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. Hey, guys. Hi. Live from our desks. I actually am now going as Mincy Poo. <laughs> that will be on my jersey forever. I'm still, I'm still trying to develop mine, but uh, it could. I, right. I, the, the option is always to just throw an, a Y at the end of it. Schuster Beast. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it could, could right. be anything. But yeah. Uh, yeah. If, but, if this were the NHL, everybody's nickname would just be their actual last name with a Y or an S at the right. end. Right. And yeah. Crosby. How many, how, many, how many people have done that? Because in baseball, that is what they will do. Like Joe Girardi, for instance, just nicknames every one of his players their actual name right. plus Y or maybe minus a couple letters plus Y. Right. So you've browsed the list. Are there a lot of guys who are just going with that? Less than you'd expect. Mm -hmm. So that okay. is definitely a baseball thing. I was Mincy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just in front of me, I see Matt Weeders is Weedy, which <laughs> we did not, not spelled like the cereal, uh, but still funny. But yeah, like Matt Grace, the reliever Gracie. I mean, of course you're going to have it. You're not going to be able to avoid it. It's interesting. Danny Barnes is Barnesy with a yeah. Z. With the Z, which is, which is, which is, he gets, he gets, he gets credit for that. It's just interesting because this was clearly not mandatory. So there are players that are just going by their names, which is uh, the first reaction to that is, oh, they're lame. Right. Right. <laughs> or, or, uh, or, or, but also like, oh, like that's amazing that right. player X who's been in the big leagues for eight years literally doesn't have any nickname. <laughs> I could, yeah. The only nickname I ever went by was my last name because I went to school with 25 other Michaels. And so mm. that was, you know, that was the only name they ever needed. So I, I have no idea. Like I've never had a nickname before. Please don't give me a nickname now that I've said that. <laughs> no, same, same. Bow, bow. I, I haven't, I haven't either, but it's just the, I guess the only theory is like either Right. So it's either like, okay, they're no fun either or two, their nickname is too vulgar for, for, right. To be on a jersey, <laughs> right. which is probably possible. <laughs> or it's just like, uh, they don't have one, which is, I think possible. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Right. And you look at the guys who don't have them and it's kind of honestly what you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Like Seth Smith. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Right. He I never, Seth Smith. Right. His nickname is you just take the space out of Seth Smith. Seth Smith. <laughs> yeah. He should just be LASIK. He's had LASIK two times and it has made him a much better player. So I like that. But but yeah, well, I think it sort of sends a, a message. Maybe it's a statement like your name is so iconic that you don't even need a nickname like Seth Smith. He's just Seth Smith. Everyone knows that name. Well, there's a story on MLB.com who I should mention is your employer these mm. days. Yes. And cut it's about Aaron Judge. MLB.com slash cut for. Exactly. Yes. And Aaron Judge was just going to go with Judge. And then Todd Frazier evidently talked him into going with All Rise, which to me is not a nickname. It is mm. an instruction. It's kind of like a catchphrase, but it's not really a nickname. I don't think like I would just go with Judge because that's kind of a cool name as it is. And everyone knows Aaron Judge already. So I could see it in some cases. Then you have Brian McCann, who I believe is just going with McCann, which I'm I'm guessing is just right, sort right. of he is he is over this players weekend. He is not up for players expressing themselves in fun and inventive ways. I swear he's actually got a personality and he's not helping me out. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. That one thing like has clouded everyone's perception of Brian McCann. But also but also as as I think you guys have talked about, you know, we had the the Carlos Beltran glove ceremony, the glove Mm -hmm. funeral, and led by Brian McCann. And now it feels like McCann is now overcompensating for looking too fun. And is now going to ignore. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. (laughs) So now he's going back to being just Brian McCann. Right. So what do you guys think of the concept of giving yourself a nickname? Is it something that you can give yourself or does it have to be bestowed on you by someone else? Because I don't know what percentage of these nicknames are nicknames that players already have that may be developed in an organic and natural way. And how many of them are just, oh, I need a nickname for this Jersey day. So I'm just going to give myself what I want my nickname to be. So when I was in sixth grade, we had to do like an exit interview thing, like like fill out like a sheet. And one of the things was nickname. And I didn't have a nickname, but I thought it would be cool if I wrote quadruple X. (laughs) So I wrote four X's and all my friends were like, no one calls you that. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem like something you you, like who who has that kind of stature to be like, no, actually, I'm I'm this this now. We're like bringer of rain, but no one refers to him. Okay, someone in our office is currently using a power Circular tool. Yeah. yeah. This is not, this has never happened. This has never happened. Usually, usually, no, no, usually, usually it's pretty quiet. We're usually we're the loudest people on We've the floor. We've been working at MLB.com now for two months, and this is the first power tool interaction <laughs> in the moment we're on the podcast recording. That's incredible. Uh, anyway. You're being pranked. Yes, yeah, you can't like you can't like self-assume a nickname. Mm. Like right. the n- nicknames that we had on our college baseball team are usually bestowed by older players onto younger players. Mm-hmm. That's usually like we had a kid who was a freshman who looked like Brian Bosworth, so he just went by Boss and everyone <laughs> called him Boss, right? <laughs> and it just stuck. So, based on your research, does every player have a nickname? Like how many nicknames are we talking about here? No. Most. No, I think I definitely most and and it's definitely guys that like I mean, that's the thing. Like, you, you, we can laugh at, you know... Jed Jorko Danny, we, well, just being Jorko. No, no, but we can also laugh at, at Danny Barnes being Barnsley. But it's like, at least he did something, you know? Yeah. So, but there are still some, like, like my beloved Mike Zanino. I mean, come on. There's got to right. be something there. Like, There's got to be something right. there. But he's, he's still just Zanino. But, like, and okay. So, like, Grant Dayton going by G-Money is <laughs> incredible and ridiculous and might get him some ribbing in the clubhouse. Right. I'm, but I'm, he yeah. went for it. 
I also mm-hmm. like that. So, so some of the best ones are definitely the relievers, which is not surprising. And so I'm glad that I heard some people say like, oh, this should only be for a day. It's like, no, I want the weekend so that all these guys have right. to play in a major league I, baseball game with, with chicken yes. strip on their jersey. <laughs> I just went on the cut forecast earlier today and we talked about like, so like Brad Hand is Brotato. Brotato. <laughs> so like if Brad Hand slash Brotato goes out there on Friday and like gives up runs for like the first time in forever. Yeah. Will he return Saturday as Brotato or as a weird baseball player as they all are? Will he superstitiously ha- put right. the hand jersey back on? Or if a and guy has a great player's exactly, weekend, right? Exactly. Will he like, want to just <laughs> will he petition the league to get permission to keep wearing this thing forever? Right. Like if Trace Thompson, whose nickname on here is Rocco's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> if he hits seven homers over the weekend, will he legally change his name to that? Right, right. Like, sorry, no. Mm. This is this is what I'm going by now. Um, right. So we'll, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. I mean, I assume, I assume they're going to try to contain it to those three days, but we'll see. It seems like there is one guy. Oh, here are the power tools. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> Let's go. Let it rip. It seems like there is one guy on here who did give himself his own nickname, <laughs> and it is not a surprise, and that is Chase Utley, who will be going I by was Silver shocked Fox. He had a nickname. Silver, Silver Fox, Fox. which hmm. sounds like something you call yourself. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll have incredibly handsome, intelligent man on the back of my <laughs> uniform. Yeah. I mean, I assume any nickname that he would have been given by other players probably wouldn't be fit for publication on the right. back of a jersey during that, a game. So, so that makes sense. Is there anything that even like strays close to the line of acceptable taste for a jersey on the, on the back of a oh, I want to volunteer at least one of those. Please. Yeah. Which one? Will, which one? The is, combination of, of Willie Peralta, Big Willie, and Travis Darno's Little D. <laughs> Little D. Little D is Little D is great. I don't I wonder I just wonder if Darno and DeGrom argued over Lil D and then mm. DeGrom ended up with just Jake. <laughs> so so I think Darno kind of won that battle. Um, um I think there there <laughs> I, I support it. I support it. I mean, if you had done this like 60 years ago, there would have been some huge problems in terms of like stereotypes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, or, yes. yeah, this is probably the best era ever you could do this in. Right. Maybe like 20 years from now, obviously. Right. You know, society actually liberalizes itself right. in <laughs> most cases. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there are some. And those are the two big ones, right? Yeah. But- Just Blaze could be misconstrued <laughs> if you don't understand that like it's a rap reference. Right. Which is, yeah. <laughs> Michael Blazek. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So give us some other highlights. I mean, obviously some players have built in nicknames that they have gone with here, but as far as ones that we are not aware of or, or that people aren't widely aware of, what you got? So, all right. Well, let's let's just start with the most, the one that everyone saw first. Which the most is, important which one. Which is Corey's brother, which right. I think... Jordan like, already bought the shirt. Yeah, I bought it. It was the first <laughs> thing I did when I, when I got here. It's like, let's just get this out of the way. Especially because then we were, we were just scrolling through an MLB shop and like, I want to buy all of them. I'm now stuck (laughs) because in my cart, I have like seven shirts. At least you get an employee discount, probably. Uh, TBD. Honestly, have no idea. Honestly, have no idea on that. So, but, but like the, the, the Corey's brother one is going to get overplayed, but it's It's not, let's not downplay how how, people are like, oh my God, Mike Trout's amazing. Like maybe we're sick of that narrative, but he is. So it's fine. No, he is. Like it it is that good. And, and Kyle Seeger, to be clear. Kyle Kyle Seeger. Seeger. Not Justin Seeger. 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 I don't even know if he's still in the banner system. Or Pete Seeger spelled differently uh but i don't think like that also like that give credit to kyle seager because like i don't think people necessarily think of kyle seager he's kind of a strange looking guy 
but like I don't know if people know anything about he's his personality, but it's like there you go. Like at least we you know were, that. And give him credit because Corey Seager is just going by Seager. He, Corey Seager <laughs> should have been I am Corey. Yeah, yeah, that was pointed out. Like that, that would have been <laughs> some, some more coordination that would have been appreciated. Some of my favorites, Ross Stripling is going as Chicken Strip. Yeah. To me, Do these are know? not nicknames. These are costumes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Keenan Middleton is Major Key. Oh, yeah. That's good. Okay. That'll, that'll play with, with Felipe with Rivero is Nightmare, which is incredible because he's like, yeah, it's, you're facing me. That's like a nightmare. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, that's good. That I wonder how many of these will catch on because right. o- often that is what it takes, right? Is All it takes is like some writer will mention it at an important moment or it'll just be mentioned once at a time when people are paying attention to this player and then it will catch on and Great. people on the internet will start using it and eventually it filters down to the, the casual fans. So I wonder how many of these will break through into the consciousness and, and will actually become attached to the player. Absolutely. And and that's really what has been really just amazing about this release of all these names is like, I think when they announced this however many months ago, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like you think of the top players and you think like, oh, we'll have some cool nicknames. But like they literally did everybody. Everyone. And we're, we've learned like 50 new nicknames that we've never even heard of it before. It feels like a WikiLeaks situation. Like we weren't <laughs> supposed to get this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But and, we, here we are. Yeah. And it's incredible. Right. And, and, and it's good. And, and I'm also glad that they're, that they're putting it out here now because it's like, we, it would have been possible to keep track. Like, there's a good chance we wouldn't have even seen Chicken Strip <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> so, right. so I'm glad that we that they're all they're all available on Elmer's right. Shop, and we can get you can get your Wellington Castillo beef or your AJ available. Ellis is going as dad. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. I like yes. that one. Yes. I, I also I also like John Carl uh, John is going by Cruz, which is his. The name that he has not gone by yet. It's, a, it's in his name. <laughs> one of his switching. three, yeah. Yeah, this, uh-huh. the, the last one left, so I like that one. Which one are you guys most likely to buy? Because hmm. I will buy at least one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not generally a jersey wearer, mm. but I also there are so many options here. I haven't bought a piece of like MLB team paraphernalia in a long time just because it's you know right. it's weird if you're if you're covering a team to wear their jersey and like i don't know like yeah. the best one on the phillies is andres blanco but i don't know if i want to go around with whitey on my back <laughs> like that's it works yeah. on about they get different... bean. <laughs> i don't know if yeah. i want to go around with that on my back either uh <laughs> <laughs> what about a ron oh a ron come on that's pretty A-A- good. yeah yeah wait who, who's a ron uh, Aaron Altair, yeah. Ah, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is a, a clever money-making scheme, presumably, but it is also a nice little touch of personality. I know that some NBA teams have done this before, but this The is, XFL. Yeah, right. Exactly. Me. Yeah, so this is sort of a – it's kind of an unbaseball idea. And if I hadn't known better, if I didn't know the timing of this announcement and your hiring, I would have assumed it was your idea. Right. Because this is definitely something that you would have advocated and and proposed at some point in the past. So the fact that it is actually happening just goes to show the Cespedes family barbecuing of baseball that is taking place. And here, this is the thing. Like, it's very easy for us to sit. Uh, Sorry, just happy to report that Corey's brother has just hit a home run. (laughs) Not Justin again. Um, but like, and it's easy for us to sit here literally at the MLB.com offices, right? And be like, oh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But like, it is amazing. <laughs> like, it yeah. is the exact type of thing that is just, it's just fun and it's harmless and it's cool. And it, right. I think it shows that like, 
we're seeing MLB do fun stuff. Yeah, and and again, know? again, like just talking about like the guys who who chose to go by nicknames, the guys who didn't. Like overall, since it does seem to be eighty five percent of the players that pick names, like give them credit for right. all being willing to be and, like, yeah, I'll put trigonometry and, on the back of my jersey. Because we like, <laughs> and people always talk about, oh, players are boring. Oh, baseball players just day in day out. God willing, mm-hmm. it'll. I'll be okay, you know, but like this is a, the glimpse into not that. And I yes. feel like the reason is because you MLB has given them the opportunity to do what they want to do. And Jordan and I talk about that a lot. Like when we interview players, like you have to get them talking about things that they want to talk about. Right. And mm-hmm. this is that this is letting them have fun in their own way. And I think it's going to be great. Right. And And I just love that these guys got to pick things that like Half of them, like, we have no idea what they're talking about. And they're like, yeah, right. they get to wear that on the like, <laughs> like, Nick Vincent is hubba hubba. Like, what? <laughs> right. And, yeah. and it is, and as, <laughs> right, as Jake tweeted, the, the, um, mimicking me, Dave Sims call when he brings in hubba hubba. Service um, will go to the pen. He's bringing in the righty hubba hubba. Like, I, are, I, I guess some of the, I, I'm a little worried about the, which announcers are going to want to play along and which ones won't. <laughs> but it's going to be. This is making me wish that like we had vin still oh yes. my goodness yes. out yes. of the pen yes. will come chicken yes. strip but i think but i think <laughs> joe davis will definitely uh do a good job right. so for sure yeah. uh yeah so that that will be a very interesting thing is how everyone else reacts about it and like i like i guess like the post-game interviews and stuff yeah a lot a lot of options so we'll see we'll is see how it goes everyone copying ichiro so <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I'm a little disappointed yeah. that Ichiro is not going with uh like that he's shortening his own nickname. Like he, right. he worked really hard over the course of twenty years well, to get a mononym. Madonna doesn't have a nickname. Ichiro shouldn't either. <laughs> right, that's true. Although Ichiro doesn't it literally mean number one and like Ichi is one. I have mm. No idea. I'm having a hard enough time with the Spanish on on these jerseys. Like I've got that's true. Yeah, I've got Marley Rivera's voice in my ear, thinking, "Well, it's a good thing you never learned Spanish, you know." So you can't, you know, (laughs) you don't get half of these jokes. Right. Well, Well, also Jose Abreu is mal tiempo, which translates to bad time. (laughs) Yeah. I take it back. That's the one I'd get. Yeah. I I wonder if this will kind of break down other barriers against self-expression because, like, if someone has Maltiempo on his back and is celebrating a home run like he's already wearing Maltiempo on his back or like if Felipe Rivero celebrates a strikeout well he's already nicknamed himself Nightmare and has the right. jersey on his back so how mad can you be about some demonstrativeness and and show of emotion when you have the jersey thing going on and since this is officially sanctioned by the league it sort of sends the signal that this is okay and even encouraged exactly yeah and i and i love that they really got to just pick i mean it, it's uh, and, and, wait, there was no like there was sorry i just said that joe mauer is just mauer <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what if Weeders was Mauer with power? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, well, we're looking at we're looking at the twins now. Kenny Svargas is little Poppy, which is great because it's like I love Kenny Svargas, and he does look and swing like Big Poppy, but it's just not the fact that <laughs> Craig just... Breslow is not the physicist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. they, like they, that's the thing. Like, on one hand, it's like oh, some missed opportunities here, but mm-hmm. I just love that these guys. No one was clearly like, oh, no one's going to get that. It was just like just do whatever you want to do, <laughs> and as long yeah. as it's not inappropriate, you could just put it on your jersey. <laughs> so, I I'm, thoughts I'm, on Mike Trout being? Kid I tweeted that. With, I tweeted that for five put? eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I tweeted about that before. I think it, ideally he would have been the weatherman or yes. the Millville meteor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I know the which Mil- is an underplayed nickname. The Millville Meteor is very split. I mean, we're, we're big supporters of it, but I know some people really hate it. It makes it sound like he's playing in 1950. Well, right. I, I like the origin yeah, story. Yeah, the origin of it, story, which is just incredible. that the Wikipedia page was edited by a Twitter user named Weed Mouse, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yes. that's how it started. So yes, I right. like that. Right. I, and I guess, I, but like, there's it's, no it's, way. It sounds that's like Brentman Rice should have come up with it, though. but yeah, right. No, definitely not. So, <laughs> are there any others that we have not? touched on we that you want to shout out in the cut for slack today there were some as you, i'm sure you can imagine there was a lot of discussion on this <laughs> yeah. and someone i can't remember who it was suggested that trout should have gone by fish god <laughs> 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 which is incredible i want to yeah yeah they, i mean there's a lot like the trout well i the thing i'm curious about with the kid with five eyes is what how long did they discuss how many eyes? How does that person? sound in his accent? He... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I mean... It was Dakota. Dakota Gardner said, I think it's crap. Trouts doesn't say fish god, which <laughs> yeah. is a great point. So, so the, I mean, his, his it was like, oh, there's a oh, power tool. Oh, it's a drill this time. <laughs> and they're this mixing is, it up. It is, it up. It is not a drill. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are getting – I don't know. It's fine because it's because our, our boss said it was like, yeah, you guys can go on the podcast. But now I'm starting to think that they're – Right. They're, they're, <laughs> they're the we'll just make the audio unusable. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, trout, I mean, I also love – because, right, there's some – it's like, oh, well, they just decided to go by the name, whatever. But then it's like there's ones like, so Tuffy Ghost Witch <laughs> didn't get one. It just says Ghost Witch. And it's like, is that just like a, a – a, Hat tip to his name already being Tuffy Ghost Witch, or or did he just not get a nickname? Right. So. I wish, oh, like Machado being Mister Miami is great. But I love, like he should have been Mister Worldwide. I love those. I love that one and Chase Anderson being Texas because they've got different teams' place names on their jersey on the back of their uniform, <laughs> which is incredible. It's not the name on the front. It's the name on the back. Yeah. I guess someone should have gotten USA. <laughs> Or, oh, or one oh, option. Oh, one option yeah. for like a, like a, a crusty veteran type would be seafront. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's the new Orlea. Yeah, it's the name on the front that matters. Ruzioni on the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could. Yeah, and and oh, and that reminds me. Uh, Josh Fegley going by PTBNL is that's that right, one's yes. going to get that's purchased excellent. a lot. Another oh, another great one is Liam Hendricks going by Slida. 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 <laughs> I texted you that one, Jordan. Yeah, that was uh, Slida. That was that was strong. So yeah, the, I mean, again, it's the endless. Eric, and we're gonna Eric. Fames going by the Korean equivalent of real man. Oh, is I what that translates. I did not. I did not say. Yeah, no, or so badass. I saw both of those. There are. It's endless, and we're gonna see. We're gonna miss them, and they're gonna show up and playing on the, on, during the, that weekend. We're gonna the be ringers. Like, what? The ringers own Jun Lee told me that that's what that meant. So, oh, yeah. there you go. Uh-huh. There you go. Hmm. Who's dude? Someone's dude. Um, whose dude is Lucas Duda? Is dude. Oh, right. That's that makes really sense. Good. The race, yeah. I love, like, the other thing I like about this is, and I know Ben hates uniform chat, but I don't care. Mm. We're going to talk about it anyway. Love it. Is, love it. Uh, like, mm. I love that they've embraced bright colors in a league where yes. 25 teams have some combination of red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. They're crazy. The we saw them earlier today. They're upstairs. And it looks like, it's like preschool type colors. <laughs> but, like, it's, it's like baby neon blue and like banana yellow it's great the astros awesome. one is beautiful that, yeah. uh, some yeah. of them some of them are less like oh ricky like, weeks yeah. is slick rick 
<laughs> yeah, there's uh there's it's it's endless. It's endless. We we're not gonna like, this is just such a good thing. Right? Like, that's, it's the, just that's like, the people, people are talking I, I'm, about. I'm it. just trying to even conjure up the hot takes in a post like that oppose oh. this and I yes. I weirdly I'm struggling. Like what is it gonna be? Do, do you well, guys have the, any idea what it's the uniforms the... are ugly and the mm-hmm. nicknames are kind of silly, which mm-hmm. I don't think either All of right. those things are necessarily untrue, but that's also like not the point. Like, just, yeah, they're just so unbelievably unharmful. Right. It's, yeah. it's like what, watching what? SNL and being like, oh, that's not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is which, this news program has sucks. been done. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tommy Hunter is Tommy Two Towel, which, you know, who knows what that's about, but we support it. <laughs> Right. I mean, for people who don't know your story, you guys recently graduated. You became baseball wits over your your college careers. You yes. uh, started your your blog, Cespedes Family Barbecue, the Twitter account, Cespedes BBQ. Now you have been working for the man. You've been working yeah, inside the building. Media. Yeah, you've been working to make baseball more fun from the inside. And yes. you've, you've done like lots of fun and silly projects before you got to MLB. Has your experience there been what you expected it to be? Like, have you felt at all restrained by your new digs or have you been able to retain your silliness and irreverence? So two main points here. The first of which is that the first time we met with them, they were basically like, you guys pitch whatever you want to pitch. We have to be comfortable saying no, and you have to be comfortable hearing no. So we mm-hmm. don't feel restricted or in terms possibly of possibly like, hearing a power tool in the background. Yes, or hearing a you drill. You need to be comfortable hearing a power tool. <laughs> right. So, and with, that's been helpful because it's like, I have pitched some ridiculously horrible, stupid, over the top ideas, and they have been like, no. And we, I've been like, okay, <laughs> you know? Um, and then the other thing is, as opposed to them being like, hey, write about X, write about Y, it's been, what do you want to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Which has been great, you know, and we've had a lot of freedom to do stuff. And like in terms of like resources, it's incredible. Like yeah. if we want any video cut, we ask for it and it's there. Right. If we want a GIF, it gets made. Right. Like <laughs> it's very different than where we were before. But which we, was nowhere. Which was nowhere. Which was college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in your dorm we rooms. Right. Where we were before. Yeah. There was not people. Right. So it's it's, it's been it's been a very good uh, first couple months. It's, and it's it's it's, it's hard to complain. To, uh, or find any complaints about a job where you're 21 and they you were paid to fly to Miami and watch the All-Star game and every day you get to go to the office and hang out with your friend and watch baseball. Well, when you like, put it that way, now everyone just hates us. Right. So <laughs> like, we we don't understand understand what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just fell asleep on a keyboard and now we're here. <laughs> well, we're glad that you are. So Thank you. you can find Jake and Jordan on MLB.com's Cut Foresight. You can still find them on Twitter at BBQ. Guys, thank you as always. Of course. Thank you so much. Okay, so you know when you have a hit song, you are wary of overplaying it. You you only want to listen to it a certain number of times because you're you're worried that you'll just get sick of it. I kind of feel that way about the What Did Jerry DePoto Do song because I love it so much that I am scared to play it every single week. Plus, every time we play it, we get agonized tweets from people who say that it's stuck you don't in their enjoy heads that? For, for days <laughs> i do actually kind of enjoy that say, you don't even, <laughs> this, i'm i'm shocked that you would think that i would have a problem annoying other people <laughs> but here's <laughs> there you go you just you talked long enough to pull up the app yep nice job well done 
But here's the thing. We have to play the song on every podcast at this point because Jerry DePoto keeps doing things. So here we go. Here is the song. This is a thing that we have not seen Jerry DePoto do. To my knowledge, this is not a momentous move, but it is a move that Jerry DePoto made, and it's a weird one. The Seattle Mariners purchased right-handed reliever Ernesto Frieri, or the rights to him, at least, for $1. $1 Ernesto Frieri's rights sold to the Seattle Mariners. So I, I don't know if this is the most Jerry DePoto move that could possibly may- be made. <laughs> It's the the first first trade he's made that the change drawer in my car could have beaten the <laughs> could have right. beaten the ask, but yes. So obviously Frieri is a former angel, so he has played for Depoto teams and Scott Service teams, and that's uh, I I guess that is the connection here, and they're hoping that he can get back to what he was a few years ago. I mean, it, it's been quite a while since. Ernesto Freire was a valuable pitcher, but then again, they did not have to pay the price of a valuable pitcher. They had to pay $1. So that's the latest. Jerry DePoto just finding new ways to make transactions for major league players. Yeah. I don't get that impulse to not listen to a song in case I ruin it by overplaying it, by the way. Like mm-hmm. I've listened mm-hmm. to the new Everything Everything single about 300,000 times <laughs> this week. And I just yes. – I just hit rewind and go right back to it so <laughs> yeah yeah i, I guess fairy was actually assigned to triple a so maybe that is the price that you pay for a triple a player these days anyway that's right he couldn't go uh he couldn't go more than a few days without making a move we had no choice but to queue up the song so we'll be back with another episode and most likely another jerry depoto transaction on monday you've been listening to the ringer mlb show part of the ringer podcast network we will talk to you then scratches be the end of your sunglasses save your sunglasses and replace your lenses with revent optics revent optics offers high quality replacement lenses for any brand starting at just 24 dollars. with over 500,000 customers worldwide and an average rating of 99.7 percent revent optics guarantees incredible clarity and a perfect fit or your money back get 20 percent off your first order with code mlb at reventoptics.com mlb again that's code mlb at capital r-e-v-a-n-t capital o-p-t-i-c-s dot com slash MLB. 